The world understands compassion. The 139 Podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome once again to 139. This is the official podcast of Love Times 2. And before we get started today, I would just like to encourage you to email me and let me know if there's a topic or a question or, I don't know, maybe even a thought that you'd like to have addressed as part of the 139 podcast. Really, I'd like to know what's on your mind and what you want to hear discussed as part of the dialogue uh, on this podcast. Let's get that dialogue going and make this entire podcast an experience for for everyone, uh, something that uh, everybody can get something out of, okay? Now, I can't promise you that everyone's wishes will be granted. I mean, if you want to talk about sports or the new iPhone or great out-of-the-way diners, those are all great subjects, but probably not the best fit for 139. So, you know, we'll kind of run filter over that, but I would find it very interesting to know what you would find useful as part of this ongoing discussion. And that really is what this podcast is all about. It's an ongoing discussion that will hopefully move the ball down the field to the goal that we have in mind. And that goal is making the world a better place for moms and babies. Now, here's what you do. Email me at podcast at lovetimes2.org. Lovetimes2 is love, the letter X, the number 2. Email me, podcast at lovetimes2.org, or if you prefer, you can message me at Facebook at lovetimes2.org, and we'll see what kind of great stuff that we can get on the schedule as we go forward with this podcast. This is a blank slate. That's what's really cool about this. It's a blank slate with the 139 podcast, and we can go in a variety of different directions uh, as long as it's all pointing back to that goal of making the world a better place for moms and babies. Now, with that said, let's move on to a specific subject for this episode. When this podcast was launched, there were a series of decisions that needed to be made. Just like every other project in life, there's a series of decisions that that just have to be made. Now, some of those were housekeeping things. Some of those decisions were design decisions and so forth. Uh, you know, how do we maintain branding between the podcast, our mission, the website, and everything else that we have out there? That's all basic stuff. Now, I can tell you that one of the early decisions also was how much to invest in this podcast. Now, I'll be straight up front with you. If I can do a project on a tight budget, I am all about that. And yes, 139 is done on a really tight budget. I know you weren't fooled by all the high-tech stuff we're using, right? Like the $30 headset, uh, the iPhone, the free app that we use, uh, a little help from Fiverr. Um, you know, that's kind of what all plays into uh, this podcast. Uh, but, you know, these are all decisions that um, that had to be made. Keeping on the budget uh, was an easy decision. I mean, when you're a startup like uh, Love Times 2, uh, that is a fairly simple decision. Now, a tougher decision is where to go with the content of this podcast. So that's where you get into a 1,001 options. You know, I mean, we asked, have to ask the questions like, do we report the news? Do we just uh, editorialize on stuff? Uh, do we go on long-winded rants? Uh, do we come off like we're angry at the world? Do we cop some type of attitude on the, on the podcast? Do we try to just put on a show? You know, I know that uh, these questions may sound silly, 
but it's all part of the process that everyone goes through uh, when you're starting up a podcast like this. And and many of you that are listening, I'm sure that you have uh, probably some type of of podcast that uh, maybe you've done yourself, and so you understand completely how these questions all come into play. Well, through this whole process, I've arrived at the conclusion that all you can really be is yourself. Honestly, I mean, that's all you can really be. If you're a phony, everybody knows it. Most of all, I would know it. My wife would know it. Everybody who knows me would know that, wow, this is sounding really phony, uh, what Mike's saying on this podcast. So part of just being real is that when I see something worth pointing out, something that I would discuss with friends, for example, well, I'm going to point it out on this podcast. And, And here's the deal. I think it's really time for all of us to understand that a major part of changing the culture And remember, that's what we're trying to do here. Change the culture, the politics will follow. A major part of changing the culture means you have to be relevant to the culture. And that means we have to be meaningful according to what the world around us finds meaningful. Now, it doesn't mean we try to be all things to all people, just as I said earlier. I mean, I could talk sports all day long on this podcast, but that's not what we're trying to accomplish with this. So we're not trying to go in in unrelated directions, but according to our mission and what we're trying to accomplish, you know, we cannot be tone deaf to the world around us. We just can't. If we want to be relevant to the world, if we want to see culture change happen, um, we have to have our finger on the pulse of the world around us. Now, here is what prompted this whole discussion on this episode. I'll, dr- I'll drill down to specifics. The United States has been reeling from natural catastrophes this year, with, with hurricanes in Texas, Florida, Puerto Rico, and then there, and then there are the human tragedies, like the the senseless mass shootings in Las Vegas that occurred uh, just shortly before I sat down to do this episode. And and incidentally, if you ever question whether real evil exists in the world, um, the Las Vegas shootings are your answer. And sadly, there may be more, and even heaven forbid, even greater tragedies by the time you're hearing this. I hope not. But, you know, whether it's hurricanes, whether it's something else, I, I don't know what it is. And I hope we won't see any more pain and suffering. But the point is this. When Hurricane Irma, for example, was barreling down on the state of Florida, the nation was riveted to the impending destruction that was uh, expected. And the Weather Channel's ratings must have absolutely gone through the roof. Now, at the same time, folks in Houston... We're still in the very early stages of trying to dig out from the own disastrous flooding that occurred there in in that city. And and we all knew, collectively, we all knew this was a really bad time. There was just one uh, challenge after the other that was happening. And specifically with these hurricanes, uh, there was barreling down and just slamming uh, into a lot of different areas and, and, you know, a lot of pain and suffering. Now, stick with me with this. There's a point. I'm just not rambling on about hurricanes. Stick with me. While the nation's eyes were fixed on Texas and Florida and all the pain and the turmoil occurring in those storm zones, honestly, I'm seeing virtually nothing from a huge chunk of the pro-life community urging prayers for those communities or seeking to raise relief funds for those who are the most vulnerable in those areas. Now, I did note that CareNet... And I love CareNet. They do an absolutely wonderful job in ministering to the needs of women around the country. CareNet is awesome. CareNet put out an urgent appeal 
to raise $25,000 for one of its affiliated centers that was impacted in Houston. Amazingly, at least when I checked it, they didn't meet that goal instantaneously. Now, I'm not trying to be a downer on this, but what's up with that? I mean, here you have CareNet, wonderful organization, putting out an appeal for $25,000 for a center that uh, you know was impacted by the, the flooding and the hurricane in Houston, um, and yet, uh, you know, like a day after at least, the need had not been met. Now, with money pouring into disaster zones, I know clearly the pro-life community is is there and giving in large numbers. And I've got to be honest, I stay up to date on stuff, and um, I, I'm not sure that I saw more than just a few pro-life groups pass along CareNet's request to their supporters. Now, you know, why is that? I mean, would it, wouldn't it have been awesome to see every pro-life organization in the United States put out an appeal echoing CareNet's need for its center in Houston? I mean, that would have been awesome, whether you're affiliated with CareNet or not. If you agree with their mission of helping moms who are pregnant and need resources, need counseling, need help, then this was um, a great opportunity to do that. And yet I, I just didn't really see it happening. Uh, and maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. But um, I'm telling you, in the stuff that I saw coming across uh, my screen and my, you know, my email inbox, I just didn't see it. Now, you and I know that pro-life folks give millions of dollars to Red Cross, Samaritan's Purse, and others. So this is no indictment on a lack of generosity in the pro-life community. I'm absolutely convinced that the most compassionate people in the world uh, are the people that that I've met in in pro-life work. But the point is this. When there were two major disasters back-to-back, in this case uh, of Hurricane Irma, the pro-life community specifically had the opportunity to make a visible and meaningful impact. And instead of that, at the same time period, instead of that, I'm getting these emails. Uh, at the same time, Houston is suffering. Florida's bracing for what was thought to have been this devastating storm. Um, I'm getting emails on stuff that no one on earth is paying attention to at that particular moment. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, nobody on earth was paying attention to some of these uh, emails that that were coming in on totally different, almost as if nothing was happening uh, down south. Now, I could give specifics here, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, at this time when the entire nation is riveted on the pain and suffering, um, yeah, I'm getting stuff that is totally disconnected from what's happening in the world. Uh, let me just say that when devastation comes, the order of the day is compassion, not legislative alerts. It just looks strange and sort of silly when we appear silent while there's pain in the world all around us. So why is this so important? Well, here's where this is all kind of coming down to what I'm thinking about this. The world gets compassion. That's why we tend to all come together when there is a disaster. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I really think that's why strangers risk their lives to shield others from the bullets of a madman like you had in Las Vegas. It's why folks from across town wade into flooded waters to save people that, you know what, they normally wouldn't even rub shoulders with, um, you know, uh, in a different neighborhood, other side of town. And it's why hundreds of millions of dollars have poured into disaster areas. And a lot of that money comes from people who have absolutely no interest in quote-unquote religion, but they get compassion. They see people hurting, and they want to help. The world gets compassion. 
So when we exhibit compassion, we're being relevant to the world. That's the entire point here. When we exhibit compassion, we're being relevant to the world. They see something real in us. And maybe they don't agree with us on on every topic that we want to talk about, but they see something real. And we cannot miss this point. When the world hears us say that we want to make the world a better place for moms and babies, and then they see that we actually put that compassion into action, then maybe they will at least take notice and see that we get compassion just like they get compassion. And that's a common ground for us to work from. And you know what? When they don't see that, you know what they're thinking? They're thinking phony. Phony doesn't change the culture. And by the way, sometimes the biggest mistake we can make is to treat everything like it's nothing but a political issue. That's a great way to build a wall. Compassion is a great way to tear walls down. Now, hear me very clearly on this point. We don't do compassion just to earn points. That's the epitome of being phony. We do compassion because Jesus did compassion. Here's the best way I know how to wrap up this entire discussion. I believe we should unashamedly be at the front line in rallying our folks to help when places like pregnancy care centers are caught in disasters or when there's an urgent need for things like diapers, formula, baby food, and other essentials that moms and babies need in the wake of disasters like this. Now, if we can give, then give. If we can go, then go. If we can pray, then let's pray. But at all costs, let's not talk about making the world a better place and then just leave it there and do nothing else. I'm telling you, the world understands compassion. When all it sees is politics in the middle of a storm, instead of us rolling up our sleeves and getting our hands dirty, we simply are not being relevant. And that's where this all comes back full full circle. If we're not relevant, the culture change we are seeking, nothing more than a pipe dream. So when the next disaster rolls around, let's not hang back in the shadows. Let's be the light. Hey, I hope this all made sense to you. Let me know what you think by emailing me at podcast at lovetimes2.org. And thank you for being part of this journey. Never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.